Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. This is Shauna. And this is Rebecca. And today we will be discussing book number three. But before I have Shauna say what the title is and uh, who wrote it, we just want to remind everyone that the theme for 2020 Canada Reads is a book to bring Canada into focus. So Shauna, what book are we talking about today? We're talking about We Have Always Been Here by Samra Habib. Habib. Oh, sorry. Habib. Yeah. Uh, and this well, is... Well, actually, I don't know that for sure, but I'm pretty sure. Uh, shoot. I, I would take your pronunciation on my mind up any day. <laughs> I actually don't know that I heard someone pronounce it, but I'm pretty sure it's Habib. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Oh, my next point was... Uh... <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. This is... A spoiler announcement that we will be discussing this book in depth. We will be talking about all the details, storyline, plot, so on and so forth. So if you have not read the book, please pause and resume the podcast once you have gotten a chance to. Otherwise, if you don't mind, go ahead and keep on listening. Because we're going to spoil it for you. No, not really. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess we would. But So what we did, we have a scale of a bunch of uh, topics and we kind of give it a one through 10 rating, obviously 10 being the best. So we're going to just run through this and then we'll actually talk about the book. So Shauna, what did you give quality of writing? Four. I gave it a five. Pace. Four. I gave it a five. (laughs) Well, no, I think I have a feeling I already know which direction we're heading in this one. Uh, Plot development. Four. Five. <laughs> Characters. You know what? I actually couldn't answer this one because this book is written about her and her viewpoint of uh, a few others in her life. So I wasn't exactly sure about true characters. So I didn't give it a rating. Yeah, but we just did uh, From the Ashes and you gave that one a rating. Jesse is the same thing. It was a memoir. He was talking about people in his life. So... Well, I felt more connected to those characters. Aha, okay, so let's hold on that. Hold on to that thought. All right, I gave characters a five, but now that I think about it, I wish I had scored lower because of reasons we'll talk about in a minute. Oh. Well, in, maybe I should score a four because I gave everything else. A I know four. I gave everything else a four. Okay, enjoyability. I actually gave that a five. Okay, I gave it a five. And insightfulness. Five. I gave it a five. Ease of reading. For aspect of how it jumps, I give it a four. For language and understandability, I give it a five. Okay, so for me, I gave ease of reading an eight. I gave it an eight because I actually started reading it and started on a whatever day it was and finished it the very next day. I mean, I read through it fast. Well, it's only 200 pages. That doesn't matter because there are 200 pages where I would struggle to read it in two days. I just think it's easy to read. That is the whole point of ease of reading (laughs) and why I gave it an eight. Well, anyway. Maybe maybe we should do a podcast to explain what each of these mean. mean, Because they mean something different to both of us. Yeah, I could take things different ways. I know, but that's why it's just a a little rating for us. And then, of course, it had photos slash, slash, I keep saying this, photos slash illustrations and I don't think there were any, were there? There wasn't, but I that's unfortunate NA. because she is a photographer and she <gasps> talks about the project that she works on and none of the photos that are in the book. That is a great 
point. Okay, I have to give her a minus. And I don't, it's a scale of one to 10, but I'm giving her a minus. I'm giving her a minus Because whatever. of that, right? Oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. She is a photographer. Well, anyway. Because this okay. is a, this was a, she talks about the project. This would have been an opportune time to actually showcase that project. Especially if this Gives, book is getting a lot of talk. Yeah, giving some examples of yeah what she's done. Yeah, you're right. But maybe there was like a copyright issue and she couldn't do it or something. I don't know. But all right, well, let's just jump right into our now our critique of the book. And as you can tell by just the way we gave the ratings that we gave it, obviously we weren't as impressed with this book. Uh, but now let's talk about kind of why we didn't. So I, I just want to start out, because you have a lot of really great points you're going to make, but I want to just start out by saying, I know, so I get to go first, but no, from page from page two to 10, and I made this note, there is this weird jumping from topic to topic that just feels, they're all, they all feel very unrelated to each other. And it's just like these really long paragraphs and it jumps from her mother and her father and her family and this and that. And there's no continuity to it. And for me, I'm, and maybe this is a problem uh, with me in this book, but I'm a linear thinker. And so I want a memoir to kind of go, you know, like, I, well, I hate to keep bringing it up, but like Jesse's memoir kind of said the years between this year and this year. And so we knew, okay, this is his life moving forward. And with this one, I felt like you never knew from paragraph to paragraph where you were going to be or who she'd be talking about. Right, because another thing is, like, her age isn't clearly defined. She, once in a while, she'll say, oh, yeah, I was seven, or oh, yeah, I'm 20. But it would be, like, in these random spots. So I think this is the perfect definition for my word, cliptic. Cliptic? <laughs> yeah, remember, it's not a word, but yeah, I what, came up with it. What, what's it mean? Oh, clips? <laughs> clips. Cryptic clips. Correct. Cryptic clips, yeah. It's cliptic. There you go. Well, and one of the, when Rebecca and I were discussing this outside of the podcast, one of the things that we, we talked about was the idea that she's a journalist and perhaps she's trying to write this, or she went to journalism school. So, and she writes for certain publications, like the, the Guardian, I know. And uh, maybe she's trying to write this book in the style of that because that's mm. the style she knows. Yeah. But I mean, there's, who know only the author knows why she wrote the book in the way that she did or or maybe that yeah i mean that's actually a good point but maybe it's just her odd weird her odd writing style and i always think whenever i read books like this where now again this is just our opinion everybody else there are many other people who absolutely love this book but i always think to myself when i read things like this i think where was the editor mm. because i always feel like didn't the editor didn't they recognize that it kind of jumps from and it's not even like it's not even like the beginning of the book is set to where we know it's going to jump. And then all of a sudden it settles into a routine It does, or not a routine, but it settles into a, a process by which we're going to get a sense of her life from beginning to where she is now, you know? Right. Well, even but it doesn't do that. Like even near the end of the book, there's a part where she talks about living at home again and her dad is an, an engineer now. And I'm like, well, what happened to, her father being... I thought he was always an engineer, though. Well, know? he developed houses and when they live in Pakistan. Yeah. He used to build houses and such. Well, and then when they came to Canada, he did nothing. He sat on the couch. They lived on welfare. They, you know... And then all of a sudden, later on, they talk about he's an engineer. They have this nice condos um, in the gay lesbian district. 
And um, I'm like my one of my question is, uh, where's where's all the money coming from to send for her to travel? All the ki- they put all the kids through college. Well, they, but see, they they could have had money when they were in Pakistan. I mean, they were upper middle class, I think, right? Right. They upper class. I mean, they had money, so yeah, they would have just you know brought it sh- over or something. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't see. This is part of the problem. Uh, I don't think there's enough. I just don't think there's enough detail in so many areas or that she tells the story in a way that you don't end up focusing on like weird things like we're doing. And let me just say too, I want to go back for a second because we sort of just jumped right in and started criticizing the book. (laughs) But I, I do believe that, you know, this is an important book because as they, everybody's saying, it's a voice that we don't really hear, right? It's a female, queer, Muslim voice, and we don't really hear that. I just feel it's unfortunate because I don't think it was that great of a, of a voice. And I just, and I kind of made this note where I said, I'm not sure that other queer Muslims will celebrate this or recognize themselves in it because I feel like she keeps us at a distance. There's a certain amount of information she lets us in on and it's very sketchy. I don't mean like um, that it's not true. It's just like we don't get a much. We don't get much. Right. So from time to time, we get a little bit of detail. But for the most part, it's just this 30,000 foot level view. And I don't know. And, you know, again, I'm not a queer Muslim woman. Uh, so I don't know. I can't say for sure that I wouldn't get anything out of it, but I just feel like is anyone else reading it and going like, Oh my God, I see myself in her story. I don't know. Right. Well, and one of the ways she keeps you from that 30 in that 30,000 foot level, however you said that. Yeah. 30,000 foot foot view (laughs) is that you really don't know the, like there's no emotional attachment Yeah, and it's hard to, read and try to have an emotion about it when there is no emotion because she doesn't I don't feel her pain at all and that's kind of another thing I wrote in my notes I said I said she keeps it she's keeping us at arm's length she's not really sharing the pain of her life and and she doesn't have to do it in this overt you know kind of maudlin way because again Jesse I'm sorry, I keep bringing this up, but it's a memoir that we just, no, but it's a memoir we just read that really does do what we want it to do, which it does bring emotion out in a person. And even though he doesn't come right out and tell us exactly how he felt, we could feel that as a reader with her, I don't feel, I don't feel the pain or angst. And even when she told her parents that she, when she came out to them, Mm -hmm. it was such a thing that I thought, really? So because here's my thing. If I'm her and I finally tell my mother at a certain age, she was up there by then age wise. I finally, I tell my mother, I would have been like, my heart was pounding. I was going to tell her, you know, and, and I told her and she said, I love you no matter what. And I just want to know how you have sex. I mean, I would have then said I was shocked by my mother's. I didn't know my mother was that progressive or I didn't know my mother Maybe my mother knew and we had this conversation and my mother told me she always thought that was true. Like nothing. It was just like, I told my mother, she said, I love you. What's it like to have sex? Right. That was it. Well, and the same thing happened with her father too. Uh, he says, you know, you just had to be you. 
Yeah. And because yeah. the other, uh, like, it was a lot of the things seemed way too easy, like her getting out of her marriages, her both of her marriages uh, basically just became null and void. And that was it. Yeah. Well, I, but I said to you in the second marriage with Peter, I feel like, well, I don't know why those two got married. Like, I don't know. He, I, I see, this is another thing. Was he really invested in her and she wasn't really being honest with him about who she was? And then all of a sudden she's thinking, I don't want to be in this marriage, but, or I don't want to be in this relationship. And then she goes, let's get married. Then it's like, okay, now we're married and I really don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Oh, let's buy a house together. You know what I mean? And I feel like this, was she just grasping at straws constantly? And and if she was, I totally get it, but she doesn't tell us that. We don't feel the pain and angst that she's going through. I, I just sort of feel like, I think he walked away devastated because maybe he wasn't clear what was going on. And maybe he, she, you know, crushed him And that's not to say she didn't have her own pain, but there's never a sense that she had any. Right. Really. Well, and that's the, that's the heart. That was part, that was really hard for me to read about because going into the story, we already know that she's a queer Muslim woman. We're reading it because we already have that knowledge. Yeah. So when you go in and you start reading it, I'm like, okay, when is it going to come up? When is she going to come out? How is it all going to happen? You know, I'm, I'm very, I want to be supportive and be like, yes, I'm so happy for her that she's finally becoming the person that she wants to be. She's, she's happy to do that. But going from the first marriage and the second marriage and none of that is explained about her being queer and having those relationships kind of covering up that aspect like I never I don't ever get the sense of when she realized when she was queer and how she decided to go about like yeah she gives us a hint at the very beginning where there was a I think I can't remember where the woman what country the woman was from maybe she was Pakistani I don't remember Mm -hmm. but that she saw her and she was a strong powerful woman and she was really attracted to her and that might have been at that young age that might have been her first thing, like, oh, that's, I'm attracted to women. But, yeah, I, you just made a really good point, which is, this isn't really a, a queer Muslim story. It's really about this woman who doesn't even talk about, she ta- she keeps saying, I'm a queer Muslim, I'm a queer Muslim. But we don't see any indication of how did that happen? How did she feel about it? How did what, who was her first relationship when she finally had a relationship with a woman? Mm-hmm. What was that like? Was she conflicted because of her Muslim faith and, or, or did it happen? In fact, I'm not even sure. Did the relationship with the woman happen before she found the mosque? The, the, the mosque that was really inclusive or was it after that? I don't really know. So yeah, I'm, yeah. That's true. Wow. Because, you know, growing growing up and going to college, and in college, that's when everybody gets to experiment and do all these things, in America at least. <laughs> I'm not sure about Canada. But uh, anyway, when I was going to college and experimenting and trying to figure that stuff out for myself, I remember how much turmoil and worry and anxiety and I would just second guess and self-doubt myself about every interaction I would have for with each and every individual, whether I was 
trying to search out uh, my sexuality, my religion, my self-identity even. And those are all complicated emotions that we deal with every single day. There are people who don't find their religion until later in life or they have had the fortune, they've been fortunate enough to have religion throughout their entire life. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of questioned as I was reading this, I'm I'm like, is that um, she talks about I, 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 and she talks about herself and everything. And I'm like, the title of the book is We Have Always Been Here. And I'm like, what is the title supposed to be signifying? Is it her religion or is it being queer? And then finally I get to the part where it says where she got it from. That's a quote from another woman. And the other woman was so eloquent in what she said. Absolutely. I want to read her book. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't necessarily draw me closer to the aspect of uh, queer Muslim people. Right. God, I totally agree. And the more we talk about this now, the more I'm feeling it, which is, I feel like this was just a really long extended article that was like a, a, an overview of something that we're going to like, you know, like in a, an academic research paper, you get that, uh, what's the thing, the beginning of the thing called? I can't remember now what they call them. But anyway, that beginning thing, abstract, abstract, that's it. Oh, they yeah. have that abstract at the beginning, right? So it, it's usually long and it kind of gives you an overview. I feel like that's what this is and that we should have had then the paper that would have explained everything because again, that was my point is I don't know any queer Muslims who might read this to say, I see myself in this. And if this is supposed to be for people like ourselves who are not queer and Muslim, we don't have enough information for us to be able to have sympathy or understanding or clarification about what she had to go through. There's just, there's just nothing. And I think that's why talk about ease of reading. I blew through it because I never had to stop and really ponder or think and think, Oh yeah, that would have been tough. You know, like with the other book, I keep mentioning Jesse's book, you know, people talk about having to set it down and come back to it Mm. because it was very, a very emotional read. Uh, Same thing with uh, small game hunting. People are saying that. So with this one, it is a quick read because I just don't think there's enough substance here. And what I, and based on what you said just now, also, it would have been nice maybe if she'd have picked a time period. Maybe this could have just been simply about her coming out as a queer Muslim. Mm. Maybe if she had just focused on that and then really talked about those, that be those, you know, the marriages and then her conversion to her true self. Right. Because I assume that's when it happened, but we don't really know because we don't know when she had her first relationship, her queer relationship. So, yeah. Well, and that brings me to one of the other points I had about this book where I, I honestly, I I got a sticky note and I wrote down for the first time, really. (laughs) So on page 195 uh, near the bottom, there is a sentence right after she, her, right after she tells her mom that she's queer There's a sentence that says, for the first time in my life, I felt the warmth of unconditional love. And that's why I had to get a sticky note and write for the first time, really, because her parents got her out of the first marriage. No questions asked. No kidding. Her parents bought her and Peter a condo. No questions asked. I mean, her parents have shown time and time again 
her unconditional love. And this is the first time that she wants to acknowledge it. Yeah, that is a really great point. And the thing about her parents, too, I want to say, for them, when they she came out to both of them separately, the, the lack of reaction from both of them, or even, again, they could have felt she was, you know, queer and just never, they could have at that point said, oh, gosh, I, we always thought you were, and we're waiting for you to tell us, you know, that kind of thing that happens sometimes. But we don't get a sense that these are two really highly progressive, modern-thinking people mm-hmm. because of the way they were raised and their marriage was, you know, kind of arranged in the whole thing. So to me, where did that come from, that her parents just were so easily accepting of what they might even look at as being you know, North American or Canadian. Oh my gosh, we bring our daughter from our country and now she comes here and now she's a queer lesbian or I mean a queer Muslim kind of thing. To me, it just, none of it makes any sense. Bless her heart. And I listened to interviews with her. She seems like a really great person, but I I don't know how they're going to, how Amanda Bruegel will defend this book because I feel like there's just big gaps. And if people didn't feel that Suzanne from last year, that that character was, empath- you know, it could be an empathetic character. Well, I would argue, I don't think Samra Habib is either. Yeah, that was harsh. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the funny thing, there there are a couple of funny parts in this book in which I found humor. I, at one point, she talks about sneaking books and how they are educating themselves in her mind. They, they are very... I think that's maybe showing the idea of her parents being progressive is the aspect of them getting the opportunity to read Mm -hmm. and going to the library a lot. But anyway, at one point she was reading Nora Roberts books and she calls them erotica. Oh, yeah. And I'm not necessarily sure (laughs) if any of Nora Roberts has has she written an actual erotica title. No, I don't think so. I think she does like the family, sibling, sentimental type romance. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're romances, but, and probably over time they've gotten sexier than they were when she started out, but they're definitely not, I would not class them as erotica. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I I kind of blew right past that. Near the end, and it's so sad that it's actually only in the last maybe 20-ish pages that she talks more about her actual queer Muslim photography and journalism project about bringing this information out to other people so that they can feel more included uh, with society. And she talks about joining, rejoining her religion and being able to go to participate in mosque again and her being able to draw others in I really wish that this book was had a lot more of that story and uh, intention when explaining about how she's trying to get the word out that it's okay to be queer it's okay to be Muslim it's okay to be both yeah and uh, you know she's been working on this project since 2016 and the book was written in 2019 why not showcase more of those stories more of those people that she's talked about uh she talks about traveling all the time and going to these places on a grant but not she just that's all she says oh i've been to this place and i talked to this this that's it and there's only a few 
There's only like the one quote from the one woman. It talks about a couple of others, but I'm sure she's got to have talked to more. I mean, for she was in one of the London museums for heaven's sakes. So she's got to have at least 20 to 60 photos and, and talking with other um, queer Muslim people. Yeah. The other thing was, I said, I, I wrote here, this is the last thing, negative comment I'll make, but I said from chapter 10 on, it felt more like a magazine article or a presentation. It felt like facts and experiences, but no emotion. So again, like from chapter 10, I just sort of thought, I just sort of felt like, I'm not even sure the purpose of chapter 10 and beyond. Mm. Because again, that didn't feel like memoir. It felt just... This happened. Yeah, like just, it, it just... You know, I know this happened. Ninth. Yeah, this happened. This happened. This happened. And I wish, hey, let's face it. I'm never going to write a memoir. A, I have no no story to tell, and B, I wouldn't tell my personal business to the world. <laughs> I would never do that. But if you're going to write a memoir, you have to open up your life to scrutiny, and it's hard. And I yeah. wouldn't want to be in anyone's shoes who have to do that. Who has to do that? Anyone who has to do this? Yeah. Right. But. Well, and another part that I really miss in this story is I have I have a lot of international friends. That's something that I really cultivated in my life because that's something I wanted. And I love hearing stories about their home countries and all of their cult, like what they do culturally at home and how it's so different from America. And reading this through this book, I'm like, oh, great, we're starting in Pakistan. And I'm getting no sense of the only things she talks about are the smells of hair oil and putting oil in the hair and the spices that they use in their cooking. It has no sense of the markets or um, going through and uh, I'm just trying to think of the things that my friend from Pakistan has told me. Uh, like uh, one time she went back home and she came back with a just a beautiful little jewelry case for me. And I can only fit like three or four rings inside of it, but it's so, it was handmade and there's no detail to her culture being represented in this book either. And I feel like that's a major part of your identity. I just, I mean, I, I'm happy that it was short. I'm happy I read it really fast. I'm sad that I didn't get anything out of it. Uh, and I and I think when, I think to represent the story you know, I heard Amanda Bruegel say on, on the show or, you know, this little mini introduction about like why you're defending it. And it's just like she said, it's a voice we haven't heard before. But as I said, I still don't think we've heard the voice. So I look forward to reading. I think there was some there was something else on the long list about a queer Muslim, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I, I think it was a man. I think I'm going to read his book because maybe he has more to say about it. And uh, I look forward to that. But anyway, so. I think we've uh, trashed this about as much as we can trash it. I feel bad because I, I don't ever like to trash anybody's work, really. And especially it's a memoir, which makes you feel even kind of worse. But right. I think she has a story to tell. I just don't think she told us. I think we've said all we can say about the book. So it might be time to assign it our maple leaves. Yep. So Shauna, how many late maple leaves are you giving? We have always been here by Samra Habib. I am giving it. Three maple leaves because I feel that she tries really hard to show a, a represented voice of queer Muslim women. And maybe she will go on to write other things that might be better. 
I have to say I agree 100% with what you said. I gave it three Maple Leafs as well for the exact same reason. I I would I wouldn't give it less because I do think it's a voice that clearly isn't that we don't hear. Uh, so I think it, there's value in it. People may get something out of it. I just don't know that they will, but people could. And and actually, there are plenty of people out there who are saying they love the book. So <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about reading that I love and book clubs and book discussions is that we're, we all bring our own stuff to the table and we won't always agree, right? That's right. I'm getting a little worried because last year you and I, we were pretty, like we butted heads about who was going to win. We did it respectfully, of course, but you know, I have my book to champion and you, you had your book to champion and I'm starting to get a little worried because I haven't chosen a book to champion yet. And so far, I'm three for five, and uh, I don't know. You've read, yeah, you've read three out of five, yeah. Correct. Yeah, because I, I won't say anything, but yeah, I finished uh, Son of a Trickster, and I'm currently start. I just started uh, Small Game Hunting, so I'm ahead of Shauna, but, uh, which, I, which I always am, I think. <laughs> she has a life I don't, so that's probably why. But anyway, well... Thank All you. Right. Thank you. Yeah. If you'd like us to continue providing great content like this, please rate, review, like, share, comment, and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Goodbye.